Welcome into the first episode of the Outsider Sports NFL Preview for 2017. Uh, my name is Elias Siebert. I'm your host, uh, and I'm joined by my buddy Anthony Ecton. Anthony, how you doing, man? Not too bad. How are you, Elias? Doing well, Anthony. Uh, for those listeners, uh, probably familiar with me, but uh, why don't you talk about yourself and so your your football uh, fandom and, and your history with it a little bit. Yeah, what's up, guys? So my name's Anthony Ecton, originally from uh, Tampa, Florida, and oddly enough, grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, unfortunately. So I've been having to deal with Elias giving me shit about that for about three, four years now. So um, yeah, I've been a Chiefs fan and uh, loving it. Yeah, so how did, how did that happen? Like Growing up in Tampa, you grew up in an era where the Buccaneers were actually good, like they won the Super Bowl and everything. So how did you yeah. become a Chiefs fan? I remember the Bucks when the Super Bowl. I was a kid at the time. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just never was like huge into the Bucks, and I can remember watching ESPN highlights when I was probably like seven or eight years old, and watching like Priest Holmes just score touchdown after touchdown and Sports Center top ten. And I just decided as a little kid, oh, I'm gonna like that team. I like that guy. I wore number thirty one in every sport I played uh, for Priest Holmes, and been a Chiefs fan ever since. Wish, wish I wouldn't have done it, but. Too late now to go back. <laughs> well, uh, so we are going to be talking uh, to Anthony about every division in the NFL uh, over the next couple weeks. Um, we're going to start this week with the AFC West. Uh, so sticking with Anthony's uh, area of expertise here on episode one. Um, so I thought the way we do this is just sort of go through each team individually, uh, talk about what we what we like and don't like from their from their roster and how their 2017 is shaping up. Uh, and then we'll go into sort of predictions at the end. Yeah. Um, so let's roll. Now I'm the sinister, Mr. Kiss my ass is just a renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to talk about anything. Anything? Anything. Because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to talk about anything. Uh, so getting started, uh, I'd like to start with the uh, San Diego Chargers. We're going to sort of go in reverse order of standings from last year. Uh, last year, the Chargers were 5-11, and 11, uh, and they had just a pretty miserable season, I think. They were, they were injured all over the place, uh, and Philip Rivers was being angry, Philip Rivers. Um, so, Anthony, do you expect anything different from the Chargers this year? So I think a lot of people are really high on the Chargers this year. They love the talent that they have. I, I just I can't I cannot pick them until they can get through a training camp healthy. Never mind a season. I mean, Forrest Lamp, their number their second round pick already on the uh, the IR, which doesn't bode well for them. I know their number one pick, Mike Williams, on the uh, physically unable to perform list. I don't know, man. I just. It's hard for me to pick them when year after year there's always injuries. I mean, one, I, I understand freak injuries are going to happen in the NFL, but you know, it's a consistent thing like this. I, I think they have talent. I think they have a couple of good players, but and I think they'll be better than they were last year. I think they were better than their record was last year, but I, I don't see them being anything amazing. No playoff runs. Yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely some things to like here with the Chargers. First of all, you know, you, your last comment that the Chargers were better last year than their record, I think is backed up by the facts. Uh, if you look at their sort of points scored and, and points against, uh, you can there's a formula that, that produces sort of, based on NFL history, how many wins you would expect that team to have. Uh, and the Chargers last year were 5-11, and 11, but their expected wins were 7.5. Yeah. So... They underperformed their expected wins by two and a half, which was uh, the most by any team in the NFL. Uh, so in some ways, they were the most unlucky team in the NFL last season. Uh, so they're definitely better than five and eleven last year. Right. You you hit on it. Really, the nail on the head is injury. I mean, last year it was Keenan Allen and basically the entire defense. Uh, they they couldn't even put together a full linebacking core at one point last year. So uh, and then this year it's started right away in training camp, as you mentioned, their top two picks uh, already uh, out for a long period of time here. Um, you know, in terms of what to like about the Chargers, I think it, it starts with Joey Bosa. 
Yeah, no doubt. And uh, the guy, the guy is a freak. Yeah, he he was a rookie last year, first round draft pick, and he was just destroying people all year long. I mean, he came in and was an impact pass rusher almost immediately. Uh, and, and the thing with that kind of guy is like, you that's not really a fluke. Like you don't really see fluke defensive line studs, right? Uh, you know, think about guys who have you know, shot onto the scene at the beginning of the career in recent years. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, J.J. Yeah. Watt. Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller. All these guys are good from the get-go, and, and Bosa is sort of right there Very good. Uh, next in line. Yeah, I think like I, I think that um, Bosa is you know going to continue to be a stud. He's I know he was just a rookie last year, but he's – no injuries as of yet. And they also have a couple of pretty good cornerbacks, which I think having Bosa get that, you know, pass rush could really help them. They had, uh, was it Casey Hayward? Yeah. Casey Hayward, um, who was really good last year. Had I can't remember how many interceptions he had, but he had quite a bit. And then they have Jason Barrett coming back from injury, who was a first round pick for them, who made the pro bowl two years ago. But like we said earlier, injuries hit. So, I mean, with Bosa giving some interior pass rush and or you know on the edges a little bit as well, and then having those two good corners, it could could bode well for them. But I, I don't know, man. I just I just see some somehow some way something's going to go wrong for the Chargers. It's always so bad. Yeah, I mean, setting aside the sort of curse for a minute, you know, you mentioned that they've got the secondary. They also added Brandon Meebane on the defensive line from Seattle. Um, so you can sort of see the makings or the outlines of a good defense there yeah, yeah, in San yeah. Diego. Um, and last I don't know that they're there yet, but yeah, no, you're right. They're they're yeah. starting to put the pieces together. Sure, sure. Last year they were 15th uh, against the pass and 24th against the run on defense. Um, so not good. And certainly the weakness was the running game. And I don't know that they did a huge amount to improve that. I think the linebackers are still a real weakness. Yeah. Um, you know, Rivers had some weapons last year. They got they got good play out of out of Dontrell Inman and uh and, and Tyrell Williams instead of their, their backup wide receivers. Um so even you know, even if Mike Williams doesn't play, uh if Keenan Allen stays healthy, they could be better on offense. Um but they didn't really they got improve. two good tight ends. Yes, they do. Yeah. So they still have uh they still have Antonio Gates and they have Hunter Henry as well. Yeah. Um who a lot of People think is posed for a big year. Uh, Hunter Henry sort of taking a step forward, um, but again, the, the biggest problem on offense last year for them was their offensive line, uh, and they haven't really done a whole lot to improve that. So um, it seems like the Chargers should be better than last year, but they didn't really improve the biggest weaknesses of their team. Yeah. Um, they, they didn't improve the run defense or the offensive line. So well, I think they they tried to improve the offensive line, right? They drafted Forrest Lamp in the second round. They drafted a, another guard, Dan Feeney, in the third round. I mean, obviously Lamp's not going to be around this year. So I think they're I think they've at least tried to identify the need, which bodes well for you know Chargers fans. But you're right at middle linebacker, they did nothing. Inside linebacker, they did nothing. Um, you know, like you said, you got Melvin Melvin Ingram, but outside of that, not a, not a lot to be excited about. Yeah, so you know, I could definitely see the Chargers, uh, you know, sort of doing some of the same things well and struggling with the same things that they did last year, um, but but doing you know the things they did well a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so so that combined with you know revision to the mean in terms of luck, I think you could see them as like a seven and nine or an eight and eight team. Yep, that's probably where I have them. All righty. Uh, so moving on from the Chargers last year, uh, team that finished third in the AFC West was the defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. Uh, they missed the playoffs at a nine and seven mark. Um, and for the Broncos last year, their, their big struggle was, uh, offense, basically. Yeah. Uh, they were 22nd in passing and 29th in running. Uh, so they really did nothing well on offense. Uh, do you think they did anything to get better on that side of the ball? I mean, they got to, went out and got Jamal Charles, but I don't know how much you can expect from a guy who's already had two ACL tears and you know, is pushing 30 years old. Um, they did draft a left tackle, which 
I think the offensive line definitely had a lot to do with some of those struggles. So they drafted uh, Garrett Bowles in the first round, but I think maybe they'll be. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to the quarterback position with them. Um, they have some some threats, some some uh, weapons with Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, but um, I think it comes down to quarter, quarterback play is going to open up. We'll, either we'll open up the offense for them, or um, we'll kind of be the death of them. Yeah, and that's you know that's really the big stumbling block. They didn't do anything to improve the quarterback position. Uh, they're still rolling with uh, Trevor Simeon and or Paxton Lynch. Uh, so not really a, a whole lot to hope for there on offense. Um, now the case for the Broncos though is that they won the Super Bowl in 2015 with you know with a terrible offense helmed uh, by the you know corpse of Peyton Manning. Right. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And and had no problem, and you know they won the Super Bowl based on their defense. Um, so. Well, and, do you think this is that same defense though? Well, so last year in, in defense they were they were first against the pass by a mile. And oh yeah. They were twenty first against the rush, so they had yeah, a problem. Fantastic corners. Stopping the run, they still have all of those corners. Um, they still have Chris Harris. They still have a keep the lead. Uh, they still have Von Miller rushing the passer. Um, so all of the biggest pieces, I think, are still there. Um, the question is really what do they do to to shore up the run defense? Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest pieces you have – I mean, they still have T.J. Ward as well. They have Brandon Marshall on the inside, um, an inside linebacker, but – you're right, man. Run defense is, is has been a killer for them. Um, I think that that they're always gonna have like a great defense. Uh, nobody's really passes well versus them, you know. Uh, even uh, even the best passing teams are gonna struggle versus a secondary like that. But without you're right, they didn't really do anything to change the run defense. No major additions or anything like that. So yeah, I mean. The one, the one way I could really see improvement from them uh, in terms of the, the their play in the front seven, I think Shane Ray is a guy who could take a step forward. Uh, he's in his, he'll be in his third NFL season. Um, didn't play a lot as a rookie, so I can definitely see him uh, making a jump forward at linebacker, and, and maybe that could help the run defense. But it's, you know, the Broncos are sort of a weird team because you usually think about uh, you know dominant defenses like a ground and pound model, like the, the Rex Ryan Jets, right? You run the ball and you play great defense. Uh, and the Broncos sort of are the opposite of that. Like they don't run the ball well at all. They're terrible at running the ball. Their strengths on offense, the best players they have are their receivers. Right. Um, and they, they sort of lose the toughness battle on defense sometimes. So it's a, it's a weird-looking defense-first squad. Yeah, uh, untraditional at least, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would agree. Um, um, I mean, and, and you know, back to back to the offense. You're right. The receivers are really like outside of Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Who do you really have? I mean, their tight end is what Virgil Green. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tight end? Virgil Green is their starting tight end. Uh, beyond Thomas and Sanders, I think Cody Latimer maybe would be their third receiver. Yeah, um, and that doesn't really yeah. inspire. Inspire. It's pretty home. shallow, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But well, I mean, on the other hand, Demarius Thomas has been one of the most consistent, high-end number one receivers in the league for the last oh, yeah, three or great. four years. He is. He is. Um, yeah, even even last year, he was a, a, a stud wide receiver one, uh, despite playing <laughs> Trevor Simeon. Yeah, much, so. despite the quarterback play, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. For Denver, and and honestly, for Denver, I think last year they were nine and seven. They had nine point three expected wins, so they they pretty much their record was right where it should have been. Um, and and hope for them for improvement has to come from under center. Uh, so we'll see what Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch can do. Yeah, no doubt. I think good quarterback play, especially with a team like that, is just opens up the running game for them, and I think that's what helps them. But you know, when you've got a minimal running game, you it just makes things way harder on the quarterback, and so it's just kind of like a uh, lose situation for him in that regard. 
Yeah, and and they've I think they've rotated a couple pieces on the offensive line, but they they sort of plugged in replacement level players for replacement level players. So right. I'm not sure I see a, a huge uh, reason for improvement other than a, a jump from the quarterback position. So Denver could be right in that seven and nine, seven to nine wins range again. The thing is with uh, with a secondary that good, anything can change in a moment. You know, turn, turnovers are the great equalizer in football, and with a with a Von Miller who's saying he's going to go for thirty sacks. I don't know if that's going to be happening, but yeah, with with you know pressure like that on opposing teams' quarterbacks and and cornerbacks that they have that make plays the way they do. I mean, uh, that type of team. I mean, you saw it with Peyton, right? You saw it with Peyton Manning when he was. You know, it was definitely not the best offensive team in the world, and he definitely wasn't the best quarterback in the world. But they didn't see a whole lot. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> that team garbage. was. That offense was garbage. That Super Bowl. <laughs> he got he got benched for like half the year. Yeah. You know, yeah, for Brock was, Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was sitting behind him, but but dude, I mean, it doesn't matter when you have Akib Talib and uh, Chris Harris Jr. The Kansas both both went to Kansas. Rock chalk. Um, Chris Harris have- Jr. I, I mean, I just got to give that guy some love. I, I know he's you know widely recognized, but you know when people talk about the best corners in the NFL, they always talk about guys on the outside. And what makes Chris Harris different for me is that Chris Harris plays both outside and in the slot equally yep. well, and he just takes his guy and just wipes him out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. I mean, he, he does things like Richard Sherman, he doesn't play inside. Darrell Revis, he never played inside. Like, Chris Harris is doing, you know, is, is more versatile than any of the top corners we've seen in the league in, in recent yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so Denver certainly has two just unbelievably dynamic defensive players. Uh, but unfortunately, I, well, I just three. don't see. Three, right? Who, I mean, if you want to talk about Von Miller, Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris. I would put a keep to leave different in a, not in the same tier as those other two. I would say keep to leave is a very good corner, but I don't think he's in the same league as Chris Harris and Von Miller. Yeah. I mean, Chris uh, Harris and Von Miller are like maybe the best players in the league at their position. And I think I think I think a keep to leave is a top five corner right now. A top five corner in the NFL, dude. He year in year out, he's. I mean, I, what does the Pro Bowl mean at this point? But year in year out, he's one of the. Um, best shutdown quarters in the league. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, he's great. I don't know. I, Dude, I, you know I, how I feel about the Denver Broncos. That, that's not easy for me to say. Like, as a Chiefs fan, that's not easy. But he's, he's a I, and do I like the guy? Hell no. I think he's one of the biggest pieces of shit in the NFL. But at the end of the day, he's the, the guy's a good cornerback. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, does I just, some of does some of that come from Chris Harris shutting down the other side of the field and Von Miller getting you know insane pass rush yeah for sure for sure but i mean that guy's a good corner he makes plays very true yeah you i really can't hate on him i i, I mean just other than the fact that he's a feckless oh, thug yeah like, no you can hate you can, and, yeah you can hate on him but he's a, he's a good player yeah it's, oh man i just you know he he's a, almost a shoe-in to to be among the leaders in, in unsportsmanlike conduct and personal foul <laughs> yeah yeah him and then can too right yeah, it's like he's in that in that squad. Like, if, he should he should play for the Bengals, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or the Raiders. Um, yeah, so that's probably uh, enough uh, Broncos talk. Broncos going to be like a seven and nine win team, totally dependent on on uh, Trevor Simeon. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the to the top two, and I think the most interesting teams in this division. Uh, Finishing third or finishing second in the division last year was the Oakland Raiders at twelve and four. Uh, they are no longer the Oakland Raiders, I guess. Um, I think two so, more years. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of in that <laughs> tweener zone. Um, they finished twelve and four last year, uh, but their point differential—they had the point differential of a nine-win team last year, uh, which made them the quote-unquote luckiest team in the NFL. They had uh, the they outperformed their expectation by the most number of wins of any NFL team. Um, last year, they, they really burst onto the scene uh, with the emergence of Derek Carr and that sort of passing offense. 
Uh, and then it all sort of came crashing down at the end of the year when Derek Carr broke his leg and uh, they crashed out of the playoffs with, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum at quarterback. Um, <laughs> so what do you, what do you see for the Raiders this season? Uh, man, I see, I think they're a, a very similar team to what they were last year. You know, not, no crazy changes. Uh, that offense is going to be good. They added Cordell Patterson. I mean, their their weapons are insane. I mean, they got Jared Cook at tight end. You got Crabtree, who who just every time I seem to throw on a Raiders game, it looked like Crabtree was just torching everyone. I feel like he was one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL last year. And obviously, you've got Amari Cooper, who's just a stud. Um, Cordell Patterson and Seth Roberts as your three and four. I mean, that's a good receiving core. Uh, definitely the best receiving core in the AFC West. Um, top to bottom. And then, you know, like I said, with Jared Cook and Derek Carr is going to continue to get better. That offensive line is, you know, outside of Dallas, probably the best offensive line in football. And they're going to put up some points. And then on top of that, you, I mean, you lose, uh, what was their running back name last year? I don't know why I can't remember. Yeah. So they they had a sort of a running back by committee uh, in in Oakland last year. But, Latavius Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray was was the nominal number one, and then right. he murdered my fantasy team pretty much immediately. <laughs> um, but this year they've they've got Marshawn Lynch, yeah, uh, coming back. So that's, after that's, that's an interesting storyline, isn't it? It really is. I mean, <laughs> this I have, is awesome. I have no idea what to expect from Marshawn Lynch this year because no idea. Like on the one hand, he took a year and change off from football, and he was like really banged up, I guess, at the at the end of his of Seattle career. Right. So on the one hand, like, he's probably feeling better than he has in years and, and just ready to roll, and that's why he came back. Yeah, but how much barbecue did he eat while he was sitting on the sideline? <laughs> exactly. And I also, like, like a lot. he's like, he's, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30, and, you know, we'll see how much endurance, how much stamina he has. Can he take the pounding of a full NFL season? Yeah. Um, so I think we, we'll see Marshawn. I think we'll also see a lot of Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, their other running backs. So I think it'll be a similar sort of deal uh, with a running back by committee rotating thing uh, in the Oakland backfield. Um, but you, I mean, you mentioned it, all the weapons. The offensive line is outrageous. I mean, uh, Marshall Newhouse, Gabe Jackson, and Coletto Assembly in particular are all like. They're, they're three of the best players at their positions. Yeah. Uh, so that's the right tackle, right guard, and left guard. Um, and I, I mean, Rodney Hudson's no joke either, man. He's one of the best centers in the NFL. Yeah, that's right. He came he came from Kansas City. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, that offensive line is unbelievable. So it almost doesn't matter who they have at running back as long as they've got, uh, you know, a replacement level running back, you figure they should be getting some production no uh, on the ground. And then – uh, we'll see Derek Carr, you know, massive broken leg. Not a lot of people are talking about that as a, a you know, risk to come back. I think people sort of assume he'll just be fine. Um, you know, far be it for me to doubt modern medicine. There's some doubt for me there. Uh, how good Derek Carr will be, how, whether he'll be good to go, you know, 100% healthy from week one. Uh, and I'm not sure. I mean, he was good, but I don't know that he was that good last year. Well, I mean, I think uh, I, I think we both know how much an offensive line like that helps a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. You know, and you know, with you, what you just said about the injury, I, I think he gets hit less than most other quarterbacks as well. So I, I think he'll be fine back there. I mean, I don't see I don't see him jumping to like a Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger level. But I also don't see him regressing to an Andy Dalton, Alex Smith level. You know, I think he's one of the better quarter. I think he, he's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, I I don't know that he's an elite quarterback, but I think he'll be fine. And obviously, the injury is going to affect him a whole lot. Yeah, I I guess I just balked at sort of the MVP talk I heard happening last year. I think there were a lot of Oakland games that I saw where where Carr was just sort of like flinging up desperation throws at the end of the game and like you know. Michael Crabtree was coming down with some amazing plays. There were a lot of like sort of schoolyard 
both guys going on in Oakland. Uh, and they, they hey, you know how much you know how much money I would pay to get some schoolyard bullshit out of Alex Smith? <laughs> the guy, he doesn't throw the ball unless you have five yard separation from the damn cornerback. It's ridiculous. We did so, uh, 15 yards in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, definitely going to get know, there. Um, so Oakland was last year. They were fourth in in passing, 16th in rushing on offense. I think that uh, you know that's probably a pretty reasonable expectation. They could even yep. be better than that. I mean, they could have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Oh, the yeah, if, yeah, 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 no doubt. I, I couldn't agree more. I think their offense will be great, you know, like it was last year, more than likely better. But I don't think I don't think their offense is really the story with this team, you know? I think it's the other side of the ball. Cause right. I think that Khalil Mack is just so amazing, like hands down one of top three defensive player in the NFL at this point. Yeah. Uh, top five at least, right? Oh yeah, um, but I think that because he's so amazing, people don't talk about how shitty the rest of their defense is. <laughs> they are like it is a bad defense. It it's really bad worst defense. Worst defense in the AFC West. I mean, outside of Khalil Mack, I mean, who do you really have? They they went and got Sean Smith a couple of years back from the Chiefs at corner. I know they have a couple other um, decent cornerbacks, but from what I under understand is Sean Smith is having just an awful camp. Uh, he's actually been relegated to like the third cornerback. Um, I mean, they, they just don't have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, a couple things that they one big addition this year for them is is Bruce Irvin from Seattle. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in, coming in at linebacker, that should be a big upgrade for them at linebacker. Uh, and they were 17th against the rush last year on defense, so. Uh, certainly could be really helpful in, in that regard. Um, Khalil Mack is like, he's a human wrecking ball. He's, he makes a, a JJ Watt level impact uh, on, on defense and, and just in terms of what the offense has to do and how the offense has to uh, shift their protections and their blocking schemes towards Mack and to account for him yep. uh, makes opportunities for other players. Unfortunately, uh they don't really have a whole lot of other weapons to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I mean, no real secondary talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, Reggie, Reggie Nelson, uh, they brought in last year at safety. He led the NFL in interceptions two years ago, but he was garbage last year. He's over 30. Sean Smith is over 30. Um, You know, just not a whole lot to love in the secondary. uh, And, a lot, just a lot of replacement level players. They sort of went in on the big corners model, right? Uh, looking for guys who are like six two, you know, one eighty, one ninety. Uh, like they had in Seattle with uh, right. Sherman and what was it Browner? Browner? Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. That sort of following that Pete Carroll model. Um, unfortunately, the guys they brought in were big and slow. <laughs> yeah, and they just got relentlessly torched all season long. They were twenty uh, fifth, I think, against against the pass uh, on defense despite having one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is another case of they made their strengths stronger and uh, and failed to address their weaknesses. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, they were 12-4 and four last year, and if Derek Carr hadn't broken his leg, they, they probably would have been the second favorite in the AFC uh, yeah. going into the playoffs. So, um, you know, a little bit hard to, to really take them down too much. Uh, but I think the key last year, so last year, Kirk, they, the Chiefs beat the Raiders twice last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs went 6-0 and in the division last year. Yeah, so, you know, this is going to be a, a close division, a tightly contested division, and to me, you know, those are key games to look at. Like, those, those games, and I think the second one was, like, late in the year, like week 15 or week 16, something like that. Yeah, uh, it, it was one of those. Yeah, it was right before. I think it was the game before Derek Carr got injured. So I think week fifteen. Yeah, right. I, I so so they, you know, they knew it was a key game. It was they knew it was a game for the division. And when you look at how teams perform, especially a young team like the Raiders, an up and coming team, how they perform in those big games, and the fact that they didn't get it done, well, they got uh, stomped against. Yeah, they got absolutely trashed in in a you know a for the division kind of game. Uh, so. Uh, 
I guess my message to Oakland is show me. Like, I I won't be shocked if they if they succeed, but I do need them to prove it to me. Couldn't agree more. Got all the talent uh, in the world, especially on offense. But yeah, got so to prove you, you can win the big games. Do you think their offensive talent is enough for double digit wins? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Definitely. Okay. Uh, the one thing to point out, the AFC West this year in terms of schedule, they play, yeah, they play the all East, four right? teams play the NFC East and the AFC yeah. uh, out of division. So Which are that, tough matchups. I mean, the AFC East is a cakewalk apart from the Patriots. Um, yeah. But the uh, the NFC East is, uh, is full of some tough games there as well. So Oakland should have, uh, you know, plenty of opportunities to prove themselves. Uh, you know, if you're looking at double-digit wins, you know, they play a second-place schedule, so that helps. Uh, they, you know, they probably got three wins in the AFC East, and then they probably have a couple. Yeah, you know, you can make the case for, for 10, 11 wins, I think, is probably the right area yeah, for them. I agree. Um Okay, so let's go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, they finished 12-4. and four. They won the AFC West, uh, and they had a Pythagorean win expectation of 10.5 wins. So they overperformed by 1.5 wins, but uh, sort of where, they, where you'd expect them to be. Uh, Anthony, this is your team, man. So what do you, what do you, what do you think about the Chiefs? Uh, lot, it's been a weird offseason for Kansas City Chiefs. Very weird offseason. So they fired their GM for nobody really knows why. They let their before they did that, they obviously traded up to draft a quarterback in the first first round, which was the first time since I think Todd Blackledge in like eighty four. I can't remember the exact year. It was it was in the eighties. Um then they cut their best receiver, or at least their number one guy. Uh then they fired their GM. So had some turnover. Uh Roster-wise, brought some guys in. Ah, uh, this this team is. I'm I'm very interested to see how this year goes. I think they kept their real core around, so I mean, there's definitely hope for a, a repeat of last season. You know, I don't think that they're the best team in the AFC by any means, but there's definitely hope to win the division. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's some strengths and weaknesses. There's some things I'm worried about, but we'll uh, kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at this Chiefs team, and I, it seems to me like based on their offseason moves, they admitted or they accepted that they had kind of reached the the ceiling, the potential ceiling of this squad. Uh, I think with and, Alex Smith, right? Right. Is that what you're, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This Alex, like the Alex Smith era Chiefs, like they they twelve and four, you know, make the divisional round of the playoffs, lose to the Patriots. They did that a few years in a row, and. Well, we lost to the we lost to the Steelers in the playoffs, and the Steelers. Oh, right. That's a, that was a yeah. brutal game. They didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Entire, I, I, like grasp that for a second. The Kansas City Chiefs lost a playoff game where the opposing they they held the opposing team to zero touchdowns. That's <laughs> incredible, Andy Reid, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, you know, you can say Andy Reid, dude, but I think it goes so it goes a little bit deeper than that. So I think. That was, I think that to Clark Hunt, because Clark Hunt is an owner who, like, he cares, right? Like, he cares about winning. He cares about the team. Um, I think that that just was, he was just kind of like, okay, look, I I don't want to just win regular season games. Like, uh, our goal is to bring a Super Bowl here. And I think Andy Reid can do it. I don't think that Alex Smith can do it. So uh, they took a risk. They traded some first-round draft picks. And, you know, I, you say, like, they've reached their ceiling. I think, like, if Mahomes develops, you bring him in next year, maybe the year after, you still have a lot of that, that core of, of great players in. And, you know, you make, make a last-ditch run for it. Tom Brady's on his way out. So Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think you hit on the key thing is, is with Alex Smith, right? And and I think we all agree that uh, that Alex Smith is not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Um, or certainly not an elite quarterback. Um, so the, the Chiefs sort of went out of the draft and traded two first-round picks and a third-round pick to the Bills, 
uh, to move up 17 spots and select Patrick Mahomes at number 10 overall. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was not a college star. He was a really big-armed, sort of prototypical quarterback kind of looking guy out of Texas Tech, but, you know, not uh, a highly touted player uh, coming into the draft, um, sort of a guy that the Chiefs fell in love with that nobody else seemed to really. So are are you – I don't know if that's fair. You know, I think that a lot of people were high on him. He definitely had a first-round grade, you know. I think that um, at the end of the day, I think where a guy like that goes is as important as the guy himself, right? Like, I think when you go to a coach like Andy Reid, who is known for developing quarterbacks, that that helps Pat Mahomes a lot. Um, So, I don't know. Um, Alex Smith. You know, at the end of the day, he came to Kansas City the same year Andy Reid did, and they inherited a two and fourteen team. You know, and true. You know, they've they've, I, I, I like he made the Chiefs relevant again, and I, I have no ill will towards the guy. Like, yeah, I, I'm thankful for that. But at the end of the day, like, okay, you brought us to to here, you know, to the third floor, but we need somebody else who's going to take us to the roof. You know, but that's my thought. Um, so, so do you feel like Alex Smith is kind of like a like a lame duck quarterback now? Like they clearly yeah. drafted Mahomes to take his job. Uh, I don't think they are planning to do it this year, right? No, 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 no chance. Uh, I mean, I, I hear people. Some people are saying like, yeah, ten percent chance Mahomes starts. But outside of Alex getting injured, uh, I don't, I don't see Mahomes starting a game this year, unless we're like just you know awful. And, why not throw him in there? Right. So, I mean, I guess is the is the idea that you are better off taking, you know, with Alex Smith this this last year, uh, and I think he's a uh, no. He's he's got one more year on his contract after this, so he's got yeah. two more years left. I think so, that if we cut him at the end of this upcoming year, our cap hit's not too bad. Yeah. So I guess do you think the plan is to? I was going to say, is it one year or two years before we look at Mahomes under center? I don't think that the Chiefs organization has has that answer yet. I think a lot of it has to do with what Alex Smith comes out and does this year, because I mean, for and I've obviously followed this team more than any other. Um, but from what I understand from training camp is that he's, you know, at the end of the day it's training camp, but uh, he's having his best camp as a Chief. You know, I think that the Mahomes. You know, presence is kind of pushing him. You know, it's kind of a similar situation to the Kaepernick thing. Um, and he learned his lesson on that one, got driven out of town. Um, but I, I think if Mahomes develops and we have a – even, like, well, I would say last year was a pretty successful season. You know, you win the division. Yes, uh, that's get a first round, This first round bye. But I think if we have another early playoff exit, I think it's got to be time to go. Okay. So looking at the offense, I mean, Alex Smith is – is limited, but I mean, an Andy Reid offense is going to be really good. What I look at is the receiving core. Uh, yeah. You know, they they cut Jeremy Macklin, um, and I think that leaves you with with what Tyree Kale and who Chris Conley is he he's still there? Uh, like who you know who's the who are the weapons there for for Kansas City outside of you know Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you obviously got Kelsey, but. Um, Chris Conley's there. Um, they like Conley. I don't think Conley's going to have a very big year this year. Uh, the type of receiver Conley is, is he's a possession guy where you throw the ball to him and he'll make a play and go get it, right? Whereas Alex Smith is the type of quarterback that, hey, if you're not open, I'm not throwing you the ball. So I don't see Conley having a big year. Um, they drafted a guy, Jehu Chesson, uh, who's, you know, uh, more of a agile separation receiver guy. Um, he's got some size on him as well. Uh, dude, I, but, but at the end of the day, the way Andy Reid has always coached offenses is you're not outside of when he had Terrell Owens and then that year Deshaun Jackson had a big year. It wasn't always like a huge like one receivers like a Julio Jones situation where he just dominated. Everybody mm-hmm. else got what was left. It was more of like a, uh, a receiver by committee, you know. And I think that's what they're kind of leading towards now. I think Kelsey is going to have. Um, a big year. I think Tyreek Hill uh, can take the next step. I think it all comes down to his route tree. Is he going to be able to run something other than 
you know, a fly route and a post route, um, yeah. or, or like a little end, end around. But, um, and you I know, think, to me, a guy like Clay Hill, like, I think there's, there's actually, he may be like a victim of success in some ways, right? Like he came in as a rookie and scored a bunch of touchdowns and had some big plays. And like, there may be a tendency for him to be like, like, why do I need to work? I, I killed it last year. Like, yeah, I mean, I need to I, get better. Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, like you said, so the Chiefs obviously they cut Macklin, right? So when an opposing defense is looking at people to cover, like who else are they going to double cover? You know, I, I guess you can go Kelsey, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to take away their big play threat. And, you know, he's a victim of that as well with his success of last year that, hey, I'm going to, you know, I, I mean, defenses coordinators are going to be like, hey, we're not letting this guy beat us. Because he beat he beat teams last year. Oh yeah, like, he beat them on their own. You know, um, like divisional games, he would beat teams. So, uh, yeah, that that worries me too. Is that he's just going to draw extra coverage? And I mean, he's fast enough to beat double coverage. Um, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. Right. So, so let's look uh, flip over to the other side of the ball here a little bit. Uh, Chiefs defense. Uh, this has sort of been. You know, when I think of the Chiefs, I, I think of them as a defense-first organization, um, you know, over the last decade or so. Uh, last year, they were seventh against the pass, 25th against the rush. Um, and it, it looks like they've maybe lost some pieces. Uh, so so what's going on on the defense side of the ball? Well, they so they lost on Terry Toe, right, their nose tackle that they drafted out of Memphis, um, who, you know, had – a pretty good rookie season and an amazing sophomore season. And in the past couple, he got an injury the year after and is back. It hasn't been the same player. I mean, he was still a really good player, but I mean, he wasn't, you know, the, a top three nose tackle by any means, uh, but he was a good player. And so they lost him to Atlanta and then they went inside uh, Benny Logan from Philadelphia, who is, you look at the numbers and they're like the exact same player. Uh, and, and when it comes to nose tackle, I don't, I don't think numbers tell the whole story at the end of the sure. day because so much of that is clogging up the middle of that offensive line and making plays. And I think Benny Logan, um, from what I hear, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but from what I understand is that he, that, you know, that's kind of his forte. Um, so I don't think they lose a whole lot there, if any. Um, they obviously saw Marcus Peters. And I think a guy to watch um, for the Chiefs is coming back from injury, a guy named Philip Gaines who they really liked, had a good rookie year, and then ended up getting injured. I think he tore his ACL. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, he he is is a very talented young cornerback. So uh, I think the sec- – obviously we have a – the Chiefs have – they have a really good secondary. Um, yeah, Gaines, a, Philip Gaines, Marcus Peters is, is a, emerging as a top NFL cornerback, and obviously yeah. Eric Berry is – an all all world safety. Uh, yeah, and then the supporting cast, the supporting cast there in the secondary is so good too. I mean, Terrence Mitchell, Dan, Daniel Sorensen, um, they've, they've got a lot of a lot of good young talent there, and, and you know some veteran talent as well. But what worries me more than anything is uh, inside linebacker. Yeah, so you still have Derek Johnson, who's uh, still in the league somehow. He's like. He's an Iron Man. Thirty. He's like thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. Towards Achilles last year, back at um, what he says is a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and then sort of a pass rushing duo, Tyler Howie and, and Justin Houston. Um, Houston coming off the injury, he's going to be healthy. Uh, is that right? Yeah. No, he's healthy. He's, uh, he's healthy. Okay. He was healthy at the end of last year. Yeah. Okay. And what about Tamba Howie? Tomba Tomba's on the physically unable to perform list right now, but he's not our he, he doesn't even start really anymore. So they have D board on the other side of Justin Houston. And then they put Tomba in in pass rushing situations and they they like to cycle the three of them out because they all three of them have so much talent. But um Tomba will be ready to go when the season starts for sure. Okay. So it's uh, it's you know, this is another team where they sort of should have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses as they did last yep. year. They're gonna be uh, sort of reliance on a, on a few weapons on offense and have an outstanding secondary and maybe some trouble against the run. Yeah. The thing, the thing with Kansas city, I think they will struggle versus the run. Um, the thing, the thing with the chiefs, man, is 
when teams get in the red zone, they just don't score and uh, they get a lot of turnovers in the red zone. And that's just something that I feel like for fans and analysts, I think it's really hard to like grasp the impact that has. And, and it's like a hard thing to predict, right? It's not like, oh, this person has this running back and this offensive line, so they're going to have a good rushing game. Like turnovers, it's like, it's almost like instinct. And that's kind of how you measure that. And I think, and I think a lot of it comes down to the defensive coordinator, but um, the Chiefs team has that. And year after year, they're one of the best teams, if not the best. I think they were the best last year in, in turnover ratio. And that's just like, that just makes such a big impact in games. You look at, and almost, in most NFL games, whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game, which is why the Chiefs have, um, you know, over the past four or five, three or four seasons, however long any reason there, that's um, why they've been so good. Yeah, and, you know, I, I make fun of Andy Reid, you know, more than anyone probably for his <laughs> uh, mustache and, uh, you know, Kool-Aid man build. And, yeah, and Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, red is a great color on him. Uh, <laughs> you know, his timeouts, end of game decision making, uh, pretty terrible. But, uh, you know, overall, yeah, he's, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and just week in, week out. Um, and I think you see that in the, in the turnover battle. Yeah. That's definitely something he emphasizes. And, and that's a real reason that the, the Chiefs, uh, win games, even when, you know, maybe on paper they shouldn't. Um, so, you know, getting pretty similar squad to last year, how do you see the Chiefs? Do you see them winning 12 games again? Um, there are so many what-ifs in Kansas City. It's hard for me to put a, give you a yes or no on that. I think that if Justin Houston returns to healthy Justin Houston form, people forget a couple of years ago he had 22 sacks in the season, the record for yeah. Michael Strahan, and he has 22 and a half. And that's only because Brett Favre took a knee and Michael Strahan touched it down, right? So Justin Houston, the second most sacks all time. When in reality, it was really the most. And that may be the homer in these, uh, you know, talking. But, like, the guy is an animal. I mean, Khalil Mack, animal. You know, Von Miller, animal. But Justin Houston, he's up there with those guys. That's, I don't, you haven't seen it in a year and a half, right, which is why you don't hear his name. But because you, at the end of the day, injuries are injuries. Like, it's going to happen and – you know, it's happened to him, but he's he's a hell of a player. So if he can return, I'm not saying he has to get 22 sacks, but if he could get to the, like, 15, 16, 17, 18 range, you know, you get some support from D Ford on the other side, and, you know, they keep the turnover ratio up, I think is the biggest thing, then, yeah, I think they're definitely a double-digit win team. Um, and at the end of the day, until, you know, Derek Carr proves he can beat the Chiefs, like, at all, he's one in five versus them, and the one win was, like, years ago. Like, until he proves he can beat them, I, I can't. I can't pass the torch, you know. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you know, one thing to point out with with Kansas City is they do play the toughest schedule in the division uh, because they won it last year. Right. So, right. so that means that well, well, everyone plays the NFC East and the AFC East teams. The Chiefs also. You know, if you're looking at Chiefs versus Raiders, the Chiefs get the Steelers and the Texans, uh, whereas the Raiders get. The uh, Ravens, the, the Ravens, and the Titans. Well, who would you rather play out of those groups, though? Think about that. I think the. I, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this in another episode. But I like the Titans, and I like the Ravens too. Yeah, I mean, I like the Titans to improve a lot more than I like the Ravens to improve. I think that sort of the the Titans Texans is maybe a coin flip, but I think playing the Steelers is a lot harder than playing the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. I don't disagree. And, you know, that could be – we've we've always struggled versus Steelers. I fucking hate the Steelers. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm not saying the Chiefs are, you know, going to be the best team in football. And they could I, – I could easily be wrong. The team could easily be an 8-8 team. Like, it could go – when you when you live the life of turnovers, it can go one way or the other. Super sure. Quick. Yeah, um, and, I, and I don't think that, the, that Alex Smith is all of a sudden going to start turning the ball over, um, unless mm-hmm. maybe he tries to start throwing it down the field. <laughs> but uh, I, which I think he's maybe psychologically incapable of doing. Yeah. Uh, has it? Wait, hold on. Has anyone checked Alex Smith's eyes? Like, are we sure he's not just extremely nearsighted <laughs> and, and literally can't see receivers down the field? <laughs> they could have, I'm sure they they've gone through some procedures with him, but 
I don't know. So, dude, the most frustrating part is, like, I listen. I I, I don't go to Chiefs camp. I was just in Missouri. I live in Georgia. But, you know, I listen to, to people talk about it, and he, like, pushes the ball downfield, and he's throwing these deep bombs and throwing these receivers open, and he just won't do it in a game. He just won't risk it. Which, I mean, you know, we needed some stability at the quarterback situation when he came in. But, you know, like we talked about earlier, at the end of the day, it's time to either take the next step or – we're going to end up taking a huge step back shortly. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, well, the Chiefs are, to me, the Chiefs are the biggest, like, they can make the biggest swing in the division. Yeah, the, the biggest sort of up or down possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if we're going to look at sort of the, let's look at so how we think this division is going to, going to turn out, uh, do you think, I, I sort of see it as there's the Raiders and the Chiefs and then there's the Broncos and the Chargers sort of in two separate tiers. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah no, 100%. Um, so personally, I have this division coming out. Uh, I have the Raiders winning the division, uh, followed by the Chiefs, and then the Chargers, and then the Broncos. Do you have records? Um, I'm going to go uh, – Let's go 12 wins for the Raiders, uh, 10 wins for the Chiefs, uh, 9 for the Chargers, and 7 for the Broncos. Okay. Um, I'm pretty close with you. I've got the Broncos last uh, with 7 wins. I've got the Chargers at 8. And then I've got the Raiders with 11 and the Chiefs with back at 12 and 4. but again, oh yeah. Well, dude, at the end of the day, like, like I you said, took, you, you're taking the Chiefs to to hit like the top. Do you think they could be better than twelve and four? Do you think there's a world in no. which the Chiefs are better than twelve? No, and four? No, um, I mean, at the end, is it possible? Yeah, I just don't see. I I, I think eleven and five, twelve and four. I mean, I'll go eleven and five. I'll be fair, eleven and five. But I I think that they I. We'll put the Raiders and the Chiefs at eleven and five, and have the Chiefs with the tiebreaker again. Because at the end of the day, nobody can be, seem to beat Kansas City over the past like three years. Outside of Peyton's Denver, like these teams do not beat the Chiefs. And Peyton's gone, they we've beaten um, like them over and over and over and over again. And until you beat the the best team in the division, it's, nothing changes. Like, like until the Dolphins and the Bills and the um, or the fuck else is in that division until they yeah. beat uh, they're not even an NFL team until they beat the Patriots they're not going to pick anyone but the Patriots so that's where I'm at with the Chiefs I'll, I'll go 11-5 and five, win the division lose in the first round of the playoffs because Alex Smith won't take any risks more of the same alright yep um, so that's just about wrap things up uh, for this first divisional preview uh, the Outside Sports Podcast uh if you guys want to follow us, uh we should have it on, on iTunes, so you know, keep telling your friends and uh you know, keep looking out. We're gonna do each of these divisions here before the season starts. Uh Anthony, any final thoughts? Uh no, just had a good time. Thanks for listening everybody and um leave five star reviews. All right, we'll see you next time. We out. Party over here, a party over there, wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy, whoa, there it is, hit me. Ooh.